Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. Are you ready to unlock the full potential and growth in your business? You've already crossed seven figures in sales, but the challenge is knowing how to take your business to the next level. Join Josh Hadley, an eight-figure e-com business owner and investor, as he interviews highly successful business owners. Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Past guests include Kevin King, Howard Tai, and Roland Frazier. Today, I'm speaking with Destiny Wishon, CEO and co-founder of Better AMS, and we will be talking a lot about Amazon advertising strategies to help your business scale to the next level. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Destiny, I started my business back in 2015, and I grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years. But it took a lot longer than it necessarily needed to because there were times where I doubted whether my business could survive, whether I could step into a leadership position, actually lead a team of people um, or out or doubts surrounding, you know, cash flow for the business. So to any of our listeners that have run into similar plateaus and are looking to take their business to the next level, go to ecombreakthrough.com. That's ecom with two M's to learn more about how I can be your guide to help you avoid those similar plateaus so that you can get there quicker, faster, and easier. And as a special bonus to my podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com and in your subject line, make sure you say strategy audit and then plead your case as to why I should choose you and your business to work with for this month's strategy audit. And if you don't win this month, don't worry, because you'll be entered to win for future months to come. Before introducing today's guest, I want to give a big thank you to Amy Weiss and thank her for referring Destiny as a guest for the podcast. Amy Weiss is the CEO of Amazing at Home. She is a top-rated e-commerce consultant and Amazon guru. She helps private label brands master the path from concept to launch. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you all to Destiny Wishon. Destiny is the CEO of Better AMS, and Better AMS is a retail media agency managing over $50 million of spend across Walmart and Amazon. So with that, welcome to the show, Destiny. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. Really excited well, to be here. I'm super excited to have you on the show. My team's also excited to have you on the show because they watch your YouTube videos and every all the content that you're putting out, and oftentimes in our own strategy meetings, it will be... Hey, I remember Destiny said this, Destiny said that. And so to have you on the podcast, I'm super excited to have you here. And uh, I, I think I want to encourage our listeners to pay attention because Destiny knows what she's talking about as it relates to Amazon advertising. I hope so. I have been in this space for like six years and I have done nothing but Amazon ads. So, you know, a lot of people are forced to go wide, whether it's because your brand's building or how quickly the industry changes. And I was super thankful to, you know, be thrown into Amazon advertising management at like 22 years old. I think my first large brand was managing around $10 million of spend a quarter. So I, I had to learn really fast. And this is all I know at this point. So uh, thank you, everyone, for supporting my content because you are, you know, paying for my meals at <laughs> night. <laughs> I love it. Well, Destiny, so 
I mean, let's add to your credibility here, right? I mean, you were managing $10 million of spend on a quarterly basis just to even get started. That's impressive enough. But why did you decide to focus on Amazon advertising among all the other things that you could have gone into? Yeah. So I I definitely got lucky with that first job. Um, When you have that type of money to play with, when you're really early on in the Amazon game, it forces you to learn a lot. And as we all know, Amazon changes so quick. I mean, an ad console alone, there's probably an update every week, maybe every, you know, couple of weeks. So I had to get really good at going really deep. And that's where I found my passion. It's the combination of strategy, but also communication and marketing and advertising and math. So I I just loved it. And honestly, like I said, everything changes so quick that if I tried to do anything else at this point, it would really dilute my ability to do Amazon ads well. And uh, that's kind of where well, I think it's a smart decision to be doubled down on Amazon advertising right now because we know how profitable it is for Amazon and Amazon only continues to invest more resources, more updates to advertising because they see that as a clear path to, again, future profitability for their own business. Yeah. Um, 100%. So, yeah, Destiny, with that, let's kind of kick things off by talking about, you know, what is the importance of PPC, especially for established sellers? Many of our listeners are established sellers. They're making, you know, high six figures or they've probably crossed that seven figure mark for sure. Um, but they want to grow their business yep. to eight figures and beyond. What role does Amazon yep. advertising play in helping them scale up their business? So I'm going to go a little bit philosophical in the beginning. Um, for one, this is our ideal client range. I think we're on track to manage around $75 million in spend this year. The average tacos for all of those is around 10 to 12%. So we're just under a billion dollars in sales. And the biggest variable I think we see is that mindset shift of being solely profitability focused and solely cash flow focused. I mean, I always tell everyone, like when I'm talking to, you know, the business owners and the leadership team managing these brands, I'm like, I, you're a cash flow intensive business. You know, you will live and die by your PL. But there comes a time, especially on a retail media platform like Amazon, where you have to pay to play at some point in time. I mean, all of search is now oversaturated with ads. And it's not a traditional marketing expense. Like when you pay for a billboard, you're paying for views. Or when you put an ad on Facebook or Instagram, you're paying for those views and just that, you know, incremental KPI. On Amazon advertising, you spend more money on the right ads, your organic rank increases. That's the part that I think becomes really, really valuable as you're kind of switching to that mindset of becoming eight-figure seller. Almost all of your eight-figure, nine-figure sellers on the platform know that it's more than advertising. You're not advertising just for clicks. You're advertising to improve your organic rank. And that focus is, I think, what makes the brands that I'm seeing successful really take it to the next level right now. I completely agree. It's kind of having that mindset shift, right, that, hey, I just need to become profitable on all of these ad campaigns. What's the most profitable campaign? And turn off the rest, right? Um, but there's a yeah. lot that goes into actually, you know, using an ad campaign and PPC to help boost your organic rankings. There's an actual strategy behind yep. that because you can't just, hey, I got a million dollars a day, Destiny. Um, <laughs> I should be ranked number one on every single keyword, right? Yep. Um, that's not going to happen. So, Destiny, why don't you walk us through what is that strategy of how does PPC play a role 
in boosting somebody's organic ranking. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about organic rank in general. In order to rank well, you need to be driving high amounts of volume because Amazon is an algorithm and they need to have a lot of data to say, hey, these customers do love buying this product when they search for this. You know, five orders for the term chapstick is not going to get you ranked for chapstick because the top four competitors are doing hundreds of thousands. So you really need to have volume comparable to them. The second thing that influences organic rank is conversion rate. So if you're converting less than all of your competitors, you're not going to rank well because you're sending a signal to Amazon that when customers click on your listing, they're not buying. So that's not beneficial for Amazon. Regardless of, you know, theories around Amazon ads and Amazon taking our money, Amazon at the end of the day wants customers to click on products and buy products. That's what's going to make them be successful. So if you're not converting well, you're not going to rank well. So we work backwards from those two KPIs. When we're looking at Amazon advertising and organic rank, we want to make sure we can drive high amounts of volume to keywords that convert the best. Now, the next question I always get is, okay, well, give me some category metrics. How do I know what a good conversion rate is? How do I know how much volume to drive? Well, up until the last six months, we didn't have that data first party. We could pull it through tool providers who are you know, running forecasts and scraping data, but it wasn't from Amazon. Well, recently, Amazon's rolled out something called brand metrics. So everyone who wants, you know, actual steps, go into your advertising console. In the top left-hand corner, you're going to see this little button that looks like an upwards arrow. Click on that. You're going to see a tab called brand metrics, and it's going to show you all the categories related to your brand. You're going to have supplements. If you sell supplements, it's going to be supplements, protein, probiotics, and all the subcategories underneath it. Click on the one you want to analyze. When you analyze that category, it's going to open up your brand metrics data, which is the most powerful data I have seen in advertising console. The reason being is it's advertising and organic. It's not just your ad data. And what it shows you is your actual conversion rate for that category compared to category average and category top. So you'll see something along the lines of, okay, for protein, my brand's converting at a 25% conversion rate. Category average is 30%. What can I, you know, take from that? Okay, well, I'm converting less than 5%, uh, 5% less than category average. So I need to improve my listing and improve my offer before I can drive more traffic, right? Because, again, you're not going to rank better if you're not converting better. Um, The second thing that's very valuable is it actually shows you detailed page views as well. You can say, hey, for my brand in protein, I'm getting 3,000 detailed page views Mm -hmm. a month. My competition is getting 30,000 detailed page views which is a good indicator how much volume, again, we're going to need to drive within that category to improve our organic rank. So once I have that, you know, compiled data, that's when I'm going to start making advertising strategies. But I'm going to pause to see if you have any questions or anything your audience may want to know. No, I, I love that. I'm, I'm following you. I think one question would be Amazon's rolled out a lot of they've shared a lot more data than they have historically with us. So <laughs> how is brand metrics different than you have Product Opportunity Explorer? You have um, the search query performance reports, right? And I've heard that the biggest challenge, and we've been trying to navigate this ourselves, is like, which data is correct? Because they're not lining up. The (laughs) conversion rate over here for search query performance isn't matching up with Opportunity Explorer, probably isn't matching up with brand metrics. So what is the actual data that we should be paying attention to? Well, you know... I will say like what makes me a good advertiser is actually that I'm a decent entrepreneur in that I try to do things that scale. Search query performance report is one of my favorite reports 
for a brand owner who has nothing but unlimited time to focus on search query performance report, but it's not very scalable because it's on the ASIN level and then on the search term level. Um, another thing I'll say is search query performance report isn't pulling in full engagements across the board. It's only pulling search terms. It's not pulling all the traffic you're gathering from PDP views. So if someone goes to your competitor's PDP and then pulls up your listing, that detailed page view is not pull being pulled mm. in, right? So it is. There's yeah. so many discrepancies. Why brand metrics is so powerful, in my opinion, is, again, it's advertising and organic data combined. That is the top title of brand metrics says that. So it's actually clearly laid out. That's not us pulling assumptions or Amazon, you know, bull crapping something to us. And two, it's starting like top down. It's giving me broad data. So now I can easily scroll through my categories rather than finding all these incremental search terms and trying to work backwards to identify an issue. Brand metrics, you know, allows me to see it within five minutes. And then if I want to go deeper, that's when I'm going to start pulling out product opportunity, explore brand analytics, and then looking at okay. search query. And I'll let you kind of continue down that path that you were going. Um, but my kind of next question, maybe you'll mm -hmm. lead into this is, all right, let's assume that I see I have a higher than average um, conversion rate for, you know, that those brand metrics, right? Then the competition um, for that category. Yep. But some, as we know, like every keyword is going to have different performance, right? So I would assume yep. you have a strategy that says, okay, if we're higher across the board, that doesn't just mean, hey, turn everything up on our Amazon ads. Every single keyword gets yep. 10x the spend now because we're on fire. Yep. Instead, I would assume that, that do you take things at a keyword level and say, okay, we're higher here? but we're lower here. Um, can you explain that in more detail? That is the absolute perfect segue into the Amazon advertising strategy behind organic rank. So everyone wishes they had unlimited budgets and every seller I talk to thinks they have an unlimited budget until they don't. So what we really look at is working backwards from that budget and then selecting the top keywords. So we can either use search query performance report to understand our conversion rate, or what I like to do is just go into my campaign manager and look at all my exact terms and figure out what's converting the best. Once I figure out what's converting the best, I then figure out my traffic potential, right? I say, hey, you know, I'm converting really, really well for, you know, vegan protein powder, but I'm not converting well for protein powder. Protein powder is very competitive. So then it's where should I put my budget that's going to drive the most organic rate growth that I can afford? It's going to be in vegan protein powder because it has just enough of a competitive advantage. And then what we do is we create single keyword campaigns. So that way I know exactly how much budget I want to give. And we focus on top of search. Now, if you're on a limited budget, it's you may not be able to afford this, right? Some of these keywords get really expensive, but we focus on top of search because that's where the most volume comes in. Every single customer who goes to Amazon sees the ads at the top of the page. So we'll set up this exact match campaign focusing on vegan protein powder. Um, we'll put really high bids so that way we're winning top of search. Sometimes I'll put a top of search modifier in, especially if I'm using a software that I need to override. And I'm going to put a controlled amount of budget to this keyword, however much I can afford. For vegan protein powder, speaking from experience, it's going to be like a $10 to $12 bid. Mm. So most people aren't going to be profitable, and that's okay. The goal is not profitability, right? The goal is organic yeah. rank increase. So Josh, you've been in the space for a while. Do you remember the days of like search find buy and doing giveaways course, and everything that's of course. not legal? Giving your product away for free reviews and you know, that was an easy way to yep. boost your, you know, 
I guess, number of sales, right? Your velocity. Exactly. And the whole concept of that was driving to one to two keywords that we wanted to rank for and then making it look like we had an inflated conversion rate because we're giving away products so we know people are going to buy. They're going to pick these two keywords. And the reason it worked is because it was driving high volume to keywords that converted well. So all we're doing is taking that exact same strategy, but applying it to ads, except for now you have to assume that you're giving away product Mm. again. You're not going to have this profitable advertising strategy, which is why we put them in their own campaign, because sometimes you can't afford to drive as much traffic as needed. And you're going to have to drive slower traffic over time and build up. But as long as you're tracking that organic rank increase, you're in an okay spot. I love that. That's That's a huge mindset shift. I just had the lights just turned on with that. When you just, when you said, you know, hey, we, we all kind of did these old search find buy campaigns. We, we, back in the day, 2016, we we're giving away products at 90% off on the big deal sites or whatever. They'd have to search something, right? I was so confident in being like, yeah, okay, yeah, spend that money. That, that will return in organic ranking. I have no problem. But then when it comes to Amazon advertising, it's like, whoa, 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 my ACOS is, 90% on this, turn it off yeah. like that. I can't, that that's, yep. that's not realistic. That's not profitable. But with that <laughs> being said, it's like, yeah, have that same mindset of no, I'm, I'm losing money on this. I understand that I'm giving this away, but the return is that this is going to boost my organic ranking. Now in theory, that's, it sounds perfect. Yep. And I like that, that mindset shift. I'm going to dive into the yeah, it, it sounds beautiful and simple, right? Like everybody should be crushing ads now. Um, the challenge is number one, you've got yep. to have the conversion rate that's above others, right? That's a yep. whole other conversation on listing optimization and different things you can do on your detail page to increase your conversion rates. We'll save that for another guest. Um, but for you, Destiny, it's how do you track that organic ranking and actually tying the two together? that says, yes, because I started spending and I boosted my top of search placement for this keyword, I saw this, you know, increase in organic ranking. And do you see that being repeated? So, I mean, there's multiple questions in there. How are you tracking those keywords? How are you tying (laughs) the data together? I'm ready. Um, Because there's so many different variables in Amazon, right? So, I want to start off by saying one thing because this always comes up and the light bulb moment you just had, others um, need to have. ACOS is not a good indicator of a keyword that's going to improve organic rank. The reason being is it's all dependent on how much you spend on that keyword. So I think the most extreme case I've seen is we manage um, one of the top sellers of massage guns. And it's one of those categories where people just blow money. And winning top of search for the term massage gun is going to cost us around $25 a click. So at $25 a click, if we have a $50 product, that means every two clicks needs to drive an order in order to just break even, right? So most people who have been in the space for a while will look at that term and say, that ACOS is terrible because we're bidding so high. Turn it off. I will look at that keyword and say, our ACOS is bad because I have to bid high, but it's converting so well, it's improving our organic rank. So I'm okay with taking a loss on this keyword for a certain period of time until I'm ranked in the top four. 
So that's kind of one thing I'll say. Um, as an advertiser, I've had to do so much education on ACOS is not a good indicator of success now that CPCs are so much higher because you have to pay for the best real estate on the page. And if you're not willing to pay, you're not going to get yeah. traffic any day anymore. So I'll start by saying that. Now, working backwards, again, our largest brand is 20,000 SKUs um, in terms of SKU size. Our largest brand in terms of sales does like $300 million a year. So I can't track every single keyword for every single product. Like that's not something that we can conceptualize. And I don't think anyone should try to do it unless you're a brand owner. So we had to come up with like telling metrics that let us know when we should focus on something versus pulling back. And the best metric we found so far is tacos. Mm. We're being honest. So what we've started building out is we'll use like our number one hero product for whatever brand as a good gauge of like, this is what we're trying to get to, right? 10% tacos on our okay. number one product. When we run these rank campaigns for certain products, we're then going to make sure our tacos is, you know, improving. Usually in the first four weeks of a rank campaign, our ad spends increasing, but our organic rank right. has not increased yet, right? It's too soon. So that's normal. But after four to six weeks, we should start seeing that tacos decrease or stabilize because our organic rank is now increasing mm. so much more. Like the two things we want to look for is either taco stays the same, but revenue yep. increases. That means organic ranks increasing or tacos is decreasing, which means ad spend increased, but organic rank increased even more. So that's like the number one variable we've used. Now I have videos on how to use search query performance report on tracking organic rank increases per search term. But that is not yeah. scalable. Yeah. So do not come to like your agency or your team and expect that because it's almost too much data. Like Amazon opened up Amazon Marketing Cloud, Amazon Marketing Stream, Brand Metrics, Search Query Performance Report, and everyone like, in theory, everything's great. You can actually track your organic rank increase on the search term level using brand yeah. share within yeah. Search Query. But can you do it at scale? Yeah. Not well. Yeah. I think that's, that's fascinating, uh, your approach of the measuring tacos overall, but also having the mindset and understanding that, you know, it's going to take four to six weeks. So is that kind of what you've seen? Because mm -hmm. I think that's, that's where a lot of brand owners <laughs> get scared, right? Is yep. yeah. ACOS is really high. And again, yep. I don't know why ACOS was always drilled into our minds from the get go, but that was like Amazon's measurement. I know. Like, and now it's all about 100%. tacos, which it should have been from the beginning. Yes. But um, yes. that that's the nervous thing for for a brand owner, right? Because a physical products yep. e-commerce business is very cash flow intensive. And so unless you have just <laughs> unlimited amounts of, you know, backing behind you, you have to be wise and prudent with the number of <laughs> keywords that you're going to say, yes. I'm going to take a loss at this. And for your first four to six weeks, you still don't have conclusive data as to whether like, yep, my organic Yep. Ranking is going up this thousand dollars a day that I'm losing. It's well worth it um, because you could go out of business yep. tomorrow yep. implementing that strategy across every single one of your SKUs if you wanted to. So what advice and recommendations do you have that way, Destiny, for a brand owner that wants to yep. implement this strat strategy, but also have some level of confidence that what they're going to do is going to pay dividends down the road? Yeah. So I, I want to. Give a shout out to the first thing, which is using your brand metrics to actually verify where you should be spending. Um, I have so many brands come to me and say, hey, you know, we have the best product in the category. And then I look at their data and I'm like, yeah, you don't have the best product in category. So start there. But this 
is like the best philosophy when you're considering organic rank. And I, I love just it. this. So I'm sorry, my arrows are terrible. <laughs> but for those who are listening in, basically the concept is if I have a thousand dollars, I can either spend a hundred dollars on 10 keywords and hope I'm incrementally ranking and matching the volume of my competitors for those 10 keywords. Or I could take $1,000 and invest in one keyword. And again, hope I'm matching the volume of all my competitors. I would rather focus on one keyword because that's what's going to make it a quicker increase in organic rank. Now, to give an example, I think the most crazy case study we ran is we have a brand who spends around $2 million a month. And we wanted to go all in on one keyword for Prime Day. They had a discount. We wanted to invest in this keyword from a market share perspective. Our advertising conversion rate was 35%, which was yeah. insane. It's a really high number. We spent $70,000 during the lead up of Prime Week and Prime Week. And our organic rank increased from number eight to number four. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that's not a ton. You're already on page one. What's the difference? It is a huge mm. difference because when you're number four, you're now directly below the sponsored ads, but you're above the video and search ad and you're above that sponsored carousel. So you're really moving up, you know, 15 different placements. And because of that, our taco stayed the same. And for those who like don't understand math, what it means is our spend increased by $70,000 on this one keyword, but our organic lift increased the same amount. So that percentage stayed the same. So if we would have spent $10 to drive, $20 in sales, you know, we're now spending $1,000 to drive $20,000 in sales. And that's what this did. And once you're in the top four, you can then pull back on your spend, right? Because that organic placement is going to maintain the volume that you're having to supplement with ads. So we were able to pull back on spend. And once we did that, our tacos went even lower and we were able to ride the wave of being in the top four. It took less than 14 days. That is a huge increase in less For than sure. 14 days. But the reason was we had enough freaking money to maximize volume and to match our top competitors on the page. Yep. Makes a lot of sense, which I think leads into the next question here. And you briefly touched on this. A lot of brand owners come to you probably and say, oh, well, my budget is unlimited if it's profitable, right? Like if it's <laughs> profitable, then yeah. spend as much as you want. Um, and I, yep. I think I've fallen into that camp <laughs> at some times. So, Destiny, based on your wealth of knowledge and experience working with even higher level brands doing 300 million a year, what like how would you recommend a brand owner comes up with a budget for their products? Yep. Yeah. So a, a budget's obviously me so dependent on goals and growth and all of those things. Um, so I always struggle to give that. I will say I interviewed a ton of the other agency owners. I think we're managing in total. I kind of like over $500 million worth of spend. And what everyone said in average tacos for a high growth brand that's trying to be competitive is around 10 to 15%. Um, I don't love giving that as a general gauge because I know a lot of people have certain SKUs that are going to be a lot higher because they're more competitive category and different goals. And I, I hate giving like one size fits all solutions. Anyone who's listened to me or followed me knows that it's like my <laughs> biggest pet peeve. Um, but I will say something to remember is that Amazon advertising is actually really precise. Um, you know, sometimes like Facebook ads where you're doing audience targeting and it, behavioral aspects are combined in Amazon ads are not like that. You can be so granular. So one thing we recommend is we we set up all of our strategies on the campaign level. So when a brand comes to us, we're going to have campaigns for profitability. 
we're going to have campaigns for keyword research. We're going to have campaigns for brand defense. And we're going to have campaigns for rank or market share. And when we have all of those set up, that means we can take that budget and fluidly adjust based on our needs. So if we have a $20,000 a month budget and this month we're launching a new product, we're going to shift more of that budget to be focused on rank. And that's going to take away from our profitability campaigns, which means we're probably going to have a higher ACOS, but we're launching. Now, the moment that becomes steady, we're going to lower our budget on our rank and move to profitability. So that way we can be really fluid with those adjustments that make your Amazon advertising align with your actual top line sales yeah. goals. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I think we I, I could dive in even further with you. We could get into some real nitty gritty stuff here. <laughs> Maybe that would have to be a part two. Um, because what I'd like to shift into <laughs> is we went through this um, last year in terms of trying to identify a software solution that could execute a lot of these good strategies. So for our team, you know, we hired an internal PPC manager. We were formerly with an advertising um, agency for, I think, four years. So we had been with them for a long time. But to your point, um, you know, it's hard for an agency to really get into the details of every single product yep. and tracking their metrics. And we have 1,200 different SKUs. And we need to, you know, we have different strategies that we want to implement kind of exactly what you're talking about. We have exact match, single keyword campaigns, et cetera. With that being said, that's yeah. more than what one person could do in a single day, right? Is constantly optimizing yeah. and looking at Excel spreadsheets. So we went through the effort of trying to identify yeah. what are the best advertising um, softwares for Amazon uh, PPC. So, Destiny, you've done a lot of research, you've said. Um, there's a lot of um, software services that are claiming to be implementing and utilizing a lot of AI right now. And AI is the buzzword of uh, the year and probably of the decade at this point. Um, so <laughs> what is your take and recommendation for, again, an established seven-figure business owner that wants to help scale up their ads, they're willing to invest their own time and resources to do it themselves. What are some of the best software services yep. that you've seen to, again, just help manage the amount of data that's coming through and maybe automate some of those tasks? Yeah. So I, again, kind of like starting top down. One, the first thing I always ask is like, yes, you have someone dedicated to this, but they do, do they truly know Amazon ads? Do they know how to set up all the campaigns appropriately? Do they know, you know how deep they need to go? And are they willing to stay up to date with all of that? If they say that, then they're typically going to need a software that allows more rules-based automation, more flexibility. That's kind of one of the biggest barriers I see in the space is, you know, three years ago, it was so easy to set up a tool to optimize for ACOS, mm -hmm. right? Lower your bids. That's it. That's all you need to do is lower your bids frequently and expand your keyword research. Nowadays, again, when you have to bid so high just to get traffic, ACOS is not the best metric to use. So when we're looking at softwares, we typically recommend, okay, if you need something that is you're more advanced, you, you really need to know what's going on, then we typically recommend like, hey, you know, PackView is great for market share, data analytics, and really understanding rules-based automation. But it's not great if you have no idea how to use Advertising yep. Console, right? And then you have um, like Scale Insights and all these new tools. Uh, but really, you need to consider the fact like, do you need an automation software 
or do you need a software that empowers who's already managing your team? Now, on the flip side, let's say, hey, I do need an automation software because we have 10,000 SKUs and the person on my team really doesn't know the differences in everything. That's when we make recommendations for, you know, like the Perpetuas, the take metrics, because those are a lot less rules based and a lot more. Hey, we're going to do the 80-20. We're going to set up the brand campaigns, the category campaigns, the auto campaigns, but let it run on autopilot, which is perfectly fine. You can do either. But that's kind of the first thing I always recommend to ask yourself. The second thing is. Every single tool is pretty much running the exact same insights. You have a few outliers like Quartile, which just go ahead and carve your own (laughs) path there. No comments on that. But like everyone's doing the same. They're doing bid management keyword research. So you just got to figure out like what one best fits your system. No one has a truly amazing AI model because I don't know the technical perspective that your audience knows, but we're all getting the same endpoints from the API. And it's not a lot. Amazon Stream was just released in the last like four months, and it's the first time we've actually had hourly data. That has never been given to sellers or software mm. companies before. It's all been manipulated and yeah. forecasted. So knowing that, you can kind of start to see like, hey, we're all working with the same thing. No one has this crazy access to real first party data that can be AI, in my opinion. Like you can be a really great rules based system and you can be using, you know, hundreds of millions of data points to like forecast, but I don't think we've really seen the true power of AI with what we have on the Amazon advertising yeah. side. DSP maybe, but that's a whole yeah. another podcast. Yes, that, again. Yes, that <laughs> is awesome. Well, I think that is, I think you've given a good lay of the land um, for a brand owner that's looking to do things in house, but first you've got to determine like, all right, what are your goals and strategies? Who is it that's going to be leading this? And What's their level of experience? And, you know, fortunately, just so the audience knows, we ended up going with PackView because of what you mentioned. It's rules-based automation. And so it allows us to, again, mm-hmm. do execute the exact strategies that Destiny's talking about, where we have single keyword exact match campaigns. We are able to say, all right, this keyword is crushing it with our conversion rate. Let's double down on this one. We're going to increase our top of search adjustment, we're going to increase our budget. And you can set up all of these rules to execute within PackView. But you need somebody, like you said, I think first and foremost, you've got to have somebody that <laughs> knows Amazon advertising. Don't grab somebody that is just like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll learn it as we go. You're going to stumble yes. over yourself using yes. something like PackView. PackView is powerful. I mean, it's probably one of the most innovative solutions in the space, I would say. But that can be also very, very dangerous because you don't need some brands do if you have the right person. But if you give PackView to like anyone off the street, then it can be really overwhelming because I mean, they go yeah. deep in everything. They have tagging, sub tagging, which is 90 times better than portfolios. But then they also have share of voice tracking, which is another solution to your organic yep. rank problem. But you again, it doesn't make a PPC job easier in my opinion and that's where i like i have to have a hard conversation with brands of like look the person managing your ads doesn't know the depth of knowledge needed to really make a solution like PackView amazing Mm. like that's where hey let me go on something automated and then once you're ready you can figure out what the next step is i think those are those are some excellent words of wisdom um destiny what (laughs) recommendation you're obviously an amazon advertising agency owner um, so who do you feel like is best suited to work with agencies and what are your recommendations to point people towards agencies rather than doing it in-house? 
Yeah, I uh, uh, actually have a LinkedIn post coming out on a similar topic of this today. Um, agencies are difficult to scale. I'm going to be really raw and transparent and kind of hit on some of the problems that you hit on earlier. Um, we don't have near as much margin as what I think people like to think we do. Like we're not like a SaaS solution, right? So the easiest way to increase an agency's margin is typically to put too much on an employee's plate. You know, I think that's a question I get all the time is how many accounts does your team manage? The second way is to outsource talent, all right, um, to have virtual assistants working and running the majority of the business. We've chosen to grow slow in order to make sure neither of those things happen. Like we work with a certain size of brands that need strategic lead leadership and management. That's kind of the first thing I would say. If you're uh, if you're running your Amazon ads and you think you need that like strategic thought leadership, not just a yes man or an assistant running your ads. That's when an agency is usually great because they manage category insights. We're an advanced Amazon partner. So that means we get to see the roadmap for everything being rolled out and we get to help lead our brands. Hey, this is coming. Build this out within your team. That's a that's a big one. And then I would say like the second one is, again, if you're not good at PPC, hiring someone in-house um, can be a great fit. But again, it comes down to like margin. An employee salary in-house can get very expensive very fast. So it kind of comes down to like what you're looking at from a value of your time, value of your money, and whether or not you're ready for like that next level leadership and the strategy that goes into Amazon ads. Because again, it's, it's a lot more complex than what it was six years ago. We have video assets that can be shown on Fire tablets. That can be ran with an advertising console now. You have sponsored display video ads. You have lifestyle images that can be added to sponsored brand ads. You have store spotlight traffic. It's just gotten so much more complex. And the big brands have to do all of those little things right in order to have a competitive advantage. Yeah. I think those are, those are some important notes there, Destiny, especially in the aspect of you have you yourself as the entrepreneur need to decide what it is that you want and the type of business that you are trying to create. Because if you do want to, you know, if you're okay staying in that seven figure range, like to be honest with you, you know, you probably don't need somebody in house, right? Working with an agency, you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about the overhead. You don't have to worry about your systems and processes, so to speak, with having to manage that person, keep them on track, keep them motivated. Everything that comes with, you know, actually team building and leadership and organization structure in a business. Yep. But if you want to scale to eight figures and beyond and you do see like, hey, I need to have somebody in house. This is what I want to kind of grow because I see us, you know, hopefully becoming a hundred million dollar brand. Um, although there's many hundred million dollar brands that are working with agencies as well. Um, so you've got to kind of pick your poison. And again, I think if you don't know the first things about Amazon advertising, it's probably best that you're not. <laughs> overseeing the person that's going to be managing that and providing them with direction. You know, that's a, also just a good point. It's one, as anything with entrepreneurship, it's knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, but two, knowing your team's strengths and weaknesses, there is a shortage of good Amazon advertising talent. So it's, it's like, Hey, if you can find someone that is actually well-versed in this, you need to be willing to pay for it. So you have the cost of a software that you're running, and then you have the cost of your in-house talent that you hope is good enough. Um, so that's definitely a variable. And like all it comes down to, like you said, is kind of knowing where the holes are in your team and filling those. If a software can fill it, fantastic. 
if you don't have anyone who can tell you the difference in a match type or an ad type, it's like, okay, let's start looking at either outsourcing to an agency or bringing someone in-house that is well-versed and I'm willing to pay them enough to keep up with it. Yep. Great feedback. Now, one final question as we start to wrap up here, Destiny, Um, with Amazon, Amazon's doubling down on the advertising side of things. What do you, if you were to make predictions and what the future holds over the next three years for Amazon advertising, what do you think comes our way over the next three years? I would say there's three big focuses from Amazon. One is on brand building. Amazon's releasing a ton of new ad types and just general brand assets. They no longer want just sellers selling a Me Too product with a slight distinction in color variation. They want to really give value to the people who are investing in brands and solving consumer problems and then telling that story. So I think that's the biggest thing is really knowing your audience and customizing your advertising and your listings for that audience, because that's, again, going to increase your conversion rate because you're being more precise. Uh, The second biggest thing is more access to data. So Amazon Marketing Stream was a huge rollout in this area because it gave us access to hourly insights for the first time ever. Anyone who says they were day partying in the last four years was giving you fake data. We actually have that insight now. We also have access to Amazon Marketing Cloud, which can allow us to build our own attribution models. It can allow us to see path to purchase and tie in retail engagements, which is the biggest value add. We can say, hey, this person walked in Whole Foods and bought Mm. because they saw this ad. So just more data in general across the board. The third thing I'm going to say is search is obviously oversaturated with ads. All of page one is a sponsored ad one way or another. Well, that's not going to last because that's valuable real estate. So it just becomes pay to play because it's an auction model. Amazon is trying to open up more inventory on their display network to diversify that traffic in those CPCs Mm. elsewhere. So DSP, sponsored display, OTT, which is Amazon's over the top video. All of those things are going to be given more more power and brands are going to have easier accessibility for those. So that way they can continue to spend money without paying to play. They want, you know, Amazon wants us to spend the same amount of money and drive more value. So that way we can continue spending. Makes money. a lot of sense. Well, long story short is a uh, hold on uh, to your britches because you're going to get more data and uh, it's going to get more complicated, oh. right? <laughs> Everything's going to be more overwhelming for at least two at more least years. At least we have AI, right? To help us out. <laughs> Yes. All right, Destiny. So what I love to do is I love to leave our audience with three actionable takeaways from each episode. Here are the three takeaways that I noted, Destiny. Let me know if you think I'm missing something. But number one, an action item that a brand owner needs to take is start paying attention to your brand metrics today. If this is something that you have not been doing and you didn't even know about brand metrics to begin with, this is something you need to dive into and you need to start creating your strategies for your products or your product categories based on the data that you are seeing in brand metrics. Like Destiny talked about, if your conversion rate is below the category average, then you probably need to spend some time focused on your listing optimization. If on the other hand, you're crushing the, you know, the category average, then go double down on some of these advertising strategies that we talked about today and help it boost your organic ranking. So that's action item number one. Action item number two would be diving in and having a mindset shift with the old, you know, way of getting products ranked of 
search, find, buy, giveaways, all of the things that used to be done five years ago, you're now effectively able to do that, but doing that through, you know, white hat tactics of Amazon advertising and having that mindset shift to say, hey, yeah, I might be losing money on this particular keyword, but through our conversation today, you should be able to track your organic ranking increase from that to ensure that, yeah, you're you're losing money, but at the end of the day, it's actually boosting your organic ranking. And so it's overall worth it, just like all of the old search find buy strategies where you were losing money, but you knew it was worth it. So last but not least, third action item is that with Amazon advertising, this is not something that you can sit idly by and say, well, I don't really want to invest in an agency. I don't want to necessarily invest in, you know, an internal team. If you take that approach and you're like, I'll turn on some auto campaigns and just see what happens. You are going to get smoked by sellers like myself or everybody else that is following the strategies that Destiny just laid out today because Amazon is becoming more of a pay to play. And if especially as it relates to organic rankings and being able to support that, you will lose to a brand like myself that is focused on, hey, I might be losing money here, but I know it's supporting my organic ranking because we've gotten that detailed in our reporting. Um, that's going to be hard for you to beat if you're just turning on an auto campaign or trying to uh, pull the sheets over your head and pretend that Amazon advertising doesn't exist. So, <laughs> Destiny, is there anything else that uh, we failed to mention here? Man, I, I think that was a perfect summation. We could go 28 <laughs> layers deeper for every single one, but I think that was the best way to you know concisely awesome. finish it off. Well, Destiny, I love to, to ask every guest these three questions. So the first question is, what has been the most influential book that you've read and why? I would say um, How to Win Friends and Influence People was one of my favorite books as well as Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Like combining those two has helped me just be a better yeah. human. And I think with everything that we do, you know, all of business comes down to people to people connection. And those two books were really the foundation I needed to, you know, kind of kick off I my love career. It. Love those books as well. Next question, what is a new or game changing software that you've recently come across that uh, you think is going to be a game changer? I'm going to say chat GPT, even though everyone's probably tired of hearing it and seeing it on social, just because we found some really unique ways to tie it into our business, you know, as fun as in our kind of Slack channels, we were creating a ton of songs for each other based on these like random absolute like variables. We were making them for the team just from a culture perspective. And we had so much fun for it. Like, hey, let's do a podcast intro jingle and all of these. But on a more actionable level, I mean, the insights they can pull and they can help with category research and keyword research and understanding what your unique value proposition is. All of those things, are, I think, are going to unlock potential for the people who know how to utilize. The totally right agree. Yet again, another podcast episode in and of itself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Last and final question here, Destiny, is who is somebody that you admire or respect the most in the e-commerce space that other sellers should be following and why? So I, I will say I have been incredibly grateful with how amazing the community is in general. And I know that's a little bit of an out of an answer, but going to conferences and just being open-minded and willing to give back, I could not name how many people have stepped in and helped me or given me advice along the way. So like put yourself out there. 
Don't look at a conference and think, okay, I'm not buying a ticket because the strategies shared aren't going to be worthwhile. It's not about that, in my opinion. I have sat down with sellers who have given me the most amazing operational advice, and I've built a really great network on LinkedIn. And I think that's been really powerful. If people are looking for specifics, I made a post about this yesterday with my top 10 that I recommend, and I'll send it to you so that way anyone else can reach out and follow. But 90% of the people I've met in the community have been willing to help in any which way. And I think I've been very thankful awesome. for that. We'll have to link your LinkedIn post to the comments here in the, in the notes section. <laughs> well, Destiny, thank you so much for your valuable time today. If people want to learn more about Better AMS and follow you, um, and I think you're even willing to do a free uh, brand audit for them, uh, where could people reach out to you at? So the best place is betterams.com. If you're interested in anything on the agency, we post, our whole team posts a ton of content, LinkedIn, YouTube. And if you ever have any questions, just feel free to reach out. We try to get back to everyone. I'll say try because I get a lot of random Q&As after things like this. Um, and yeah, if you're ever interested in just running an audit, we try to audit as many brands as we can and really just provide as much valuable insights and feedback as possible, regardless if we're going to work with them or not. I mean, we're, we're not for the long term. E-commerce isn't going anywhere. So as long as we uh, build strong relationships, that's what matters. I love that. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to go follow Destiny. Again, she puts out a lot of great YouTube content, LinkedIn posts. So follow her along there, even if you don't need a, an advertising agency right now. If you're in the market for an advertising agency, go check out Better AMS. So, Destiny, thank you for your time today. Amazing. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.